welcome to Amazing Minds Lab podcast. I am your host, Kali Alfaro, psychologist, author, and hypnotherapist. This is a podcast where we are going to look at creating the most amazing mindset for your wellness and success. We are going to look at understanding your mind, releasing negativity, fears, limitations, and allowing you to shine. I'm going to mix psychology with neuroscience, a little bit of spirituality, and a touch of cheeky to allow you to feel amazing. So buckle up and listen up. I am so happy that you are here. Welcome to another episode of Amazing Minds Lab podcast. Once again, I have teamed up with Dr. Scott. How are you, Scotty? I'm well. I will do my very best to control my voice and its reactions to the anxiety that you create. Wow. Wow. Okay. So today we were talking about something and we often do this. We talk about something off um, recording, in between recordings, and we come up with these little gems. And so I made an executive decision that we should make a podcast about this. And Scott and I were talking about how it's not very common that we see people that are actually positively encouraging and supporting each other in similar fields and how oftentimes there is a culture of one-upping or criticizing each other or bringing each other down and it's really like it's not pretty and it's not nice and I, I want to talk about why we think people do that and how we can begin to create a, a ripple effect a change so that people can actually, you know, it ties into our topics of, you know, change your story, change your life. How can you begin to change the story around how you engage with other people, whether that's in a public sense or your relationships or within your work? What are your thoughts on that, Scott? I think, I think I've got two angles on that. If I'm thinking at it from a professional level, I think there's an acknowledgement straight away, and I can only speak for myself, I don't know everything. What really? I do know, oh no, it's some people find that surprising. A hundred percent, what I do know, I'm good at, yep. and I have a degree of mastery. However, I don't know everything that comes to health. I know a lot about a lot, but there's areas that I don't. So there's absolutely no value in me trying to position myself as a guru if I don't know everything. I think with that comes the fact is I've had the attitude for a very, 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 very long time. I always want to be the dumb guy in a room. I always want to be surrounding myself with people who are smarter than me, more successful than me. Because my attitude is I've got the most to learn. I've got the most to grow. I've got the most opportunities available to me. Yeah. And I know the more successful, the more intelligent people that I associate with, what is it? What's the saying is the five people you spend the most time with, you know, shape your your life or, or words to that effect. I bastardized that quote, so I apologize sincerely. But I've always had that attitude on a professional level. Mm-hmm. On a personal level, I have the uh, my consideration of this is I think number one is there's a strong element that opposites attract. So with that, where my strengths lay, maybe my partner's I'll use the term weakness. 
right? But where her strengths are, are probably compensating for my weaknesses. So to try and elevate my strengths to be greater than her strengths is just an egotistical cock up, right? It's not going to serve anyone. You're not going to move the relationship or the individuals forward in any way. Okay. Do you want to know why some people do that? I'd love to know why some people do okay. that. Okay. So ultimately, the fact that they're narcissistic. <laughs> let's not throw labels out there, okay? Right, right. Because we're not that way inclined. We're not that way, but they are. So still. part of the reason, part of the reason, um, and a lot of this comes back to early childhood experiences. Part of the reason is some people are going to be behaving in a way that is. You know, if we, if I look at the corporate world, or I look at a bit of a personality um, model, some people are going to be behaving in a way that is more constructive, more positive, growth orientated, leadership, and encouraging. And other people are going to be working from a framework of more defensive, whether that is outwardly aggressive or whether that's passive aggressive, whether that's avoidant, whether that's overly dependent, whether that is. Um, using their power to get what they want. And so this is often linked to some of our early childhood experiences, the modeling that we had through our parents, uh, the system also, the education system that we went through where the, it's going to promote growth and collaboration and supporting each other, or it's going to be a highly competitive, uh, individualistic culture that is going to make you uh, want to get to the top at any cost, even if that is at the expense of other people. Okay. Keep going. Because so, I clearly, I clearly, I'm on the path, but I'm, I'm, you need to elaborate. Okay, so me. it's really interesting because <clears throat> if I, for example, if I grew up with a father that was overbearing and his word was the law. Uh, everything had to be done because uh, we were afraid of the consequences and we weren't allowed to speak up because it was his way or the highway. And um, he had a position of, I'm doing it or you have to do this because I'm your father and I told you so rather than you have to do it because your mum's tired and your brother has an exam so it's about you know the benefit of the family right and he's using force instead of reason what that is going to create within that child for example is a, a model a mental model of the world of you force things to happen by using your power rather than allowing an understanding to unfold and allowing a greater sense of connectedness to how your um, role or your chore is going to impact everyone else and allowing an explanation to be had. And so what's going to happen is that child will most likely, not all cases obviously, but that child or that person will most likely grow up to be an adult that pushes their weight around, that will tell um, their employees to do things because I told you to do it because I'm your boss, instead of explaining. It will be a person that will be highly competitive because the end is the most important part um, and it doesn't matter at what cost they get to the top. 
and is ultimately going to be related to a deep, deep wound of not feeling heard, not feeling validated, not feeling worthy enough as a person because they were given very authoritative discipline in their earlier years. So I've seen across leadership trainings, podcasts, videos that I've watched over the years, to me, you've just described the difference between a boss and a leader, right? A leader is the person who gets down there, gets their hands dirty, and it's somewhat, you could argue, kind of like parenting, a benevolent dictatorship in the sense of it's for the betterment of a family, but it doesn't mean that I stand up there and just issue orders and you do. It means we all get in there and get our hands dirty. It's a collaboration, not a dictatorship. Well said. Right. Whereas a boss is the person that flexes their muscle and goes, well, I'm the boss, so just do this. And there's that element of hierarchy, I guess, more so. So how does that translate into the feeling to need to bring someone down in order to somewhat boost their own, I'll use the term ego, or to feel like that they're getting ahead? Yeah. So first of all, I would say it comes down to an issue of self-worth. If someone that has really good, solid self-worth, they will not have the need to bring other people down or to criticize other people in a mean way. Um, you can give constructive criticism, of course, but if someone has a really solid sense of self-worth and they are not out there to prove themselves and they are a genuine person, they will not have the need to put other people down. Generally, when people are putting other people down is because that was a learnt behaviour and they feel better about themselves from a comparison point of view by making other people be seen as less than. Not that they feel better about themselves because of who they are. So it also relates to either having an internal sense of self or a sense of self that is dependent on your relationship to the external world. There's a lot of selves in there. You mentioned a word that I think is really interesting and very important for this conversation, and that's comparison. Whether you're comparing yourself to family, friends, colleagues, idols, am I correct in saying that comparison, generally speaking, is not a good thing? Yes. Because, and let me elaborate why, why I say yes so, so strongly. No one, and this is one of the biggest mistakes that people make, we might be diverging, but it doesn't matter. No one is ever going to think the way you think, act the way you act, and see the world that you see it, or have the life experiences, even if you're a twin, right? No one is ever going to have the exact same thought pattern, life experience, resources, understanding, cultural background, etc. So the minute you compare yourself to someone else, you're, you're, you're trying to go and win a battle that is never going to be won because it's not fair. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just stop there. I think it's 
the simple fact of where I kind of started this thought process is I think we're attracted to people personally, professionally, in a sense of we know that they've got strengths where we don't. So we know that we've got opportunity to learn from these people. So comparing them, you're, you're basically comparing black and white. And there's a difference. I'm not saying don't have goals, don't have aspirations, don't have role models. But they right? have to be yours. Yeah, but if you want to achieve something and you have a role model, if, you, if you're an athlete and you have the role model as you know a, a magnificent tennis player and you want to get to that level and you want to study you know the coaches they had the routines they had great you might want to have that as a guide but not as an absolute point of reference as true if you are not that way or you don't come up to those standards that somehow means that you are less than that's when you start going wrong and that's where when people feel less than they are more likely to blame they are more likely to put other people down they are more likely to be in that competitive mode and that competitive mode is that you're essentially in survival and so you're not growing you're never going to grow if you are constantly in survival mode so one could potentially understand that someone has a competitive streak when it comes to their professional life. Mm -hmm. But why is it that, as we were talking about before we hit record, why is it that we see that this sort of behaviour extends so much into people's personal life, where you would like to think on a personal life basis, you're not competing with your spouse, your partner, your friends. You know, you, you most more than likely work in completely different industries. So what on earth could we possibly be seeing any need to compare and or compete with people in our personal life? That's a really, really good question. And to be honest, I don't know if I have the complete answer. I have my ideas about it and I'm going to make that, you know, that distinction. These are my ideas, not necessarily my professional opinion, but I think that on some level, if someone is living a genuine life, you are going, your values and your core personality traits are going to be apparent in your work and in your personal life. So if you are overly competitive and overly perfectionistic in your work, in your work and you are doing everything that you possibly can to get to the top, there is going to be some element of that because we have to also look is is this person more focused on the achievement rather than the experience are they more focused on getting things done and they are going to be more task oriented versus people oriented are they are they focused on what it means to achieve what they want to achieve what that means about them rather than them being okay with who they are is are they trying to prove something so the same kind of drive is going to be seen in personal relationships and personal relationships tell us so much about who we are so so much even like in situations as you know having a fight does does your one of you do do one of you start name call, calling right do you start 
uh, pointing out the other person's weaknesses in a really mean way because you know it's going to hurt them. Like which parts of you show up in these situations because that's really, really telling. If you are able to be genuine, if you're able to get to the space where you can have a disagreement with someone and still be respectful, still respect them and understand, you know what, I actually don't agree with your point of view, but I respect that you have it. Rather than my point of view is better than yours and I'll show you why and I won't stop until I show you why and you actually understand, there's a massive difference. And that comes back to once again, what are you trying to prove? Are you trying to prove something? Is it a self-worth thing? What's actually going on internally? And look, I think the way I'm looking at this conversation so far, there's a series of questions that we all constantly need to be asking ourselves. It's that internal audit that you've referred to mm. stock take many times. And I think we all learn and evolve. I know from a personal person point of view, I know in, in previous times in my life, 100% I've wanted to be the person who was right, particularly on personal relationships. I've wanted to be the person who was right, so I wanted I would kind of knuckle down into a bit of a disagreement until that person somewhat subscribed to my viewpoint, which is the most egotistical, ridiculous kind of BS way of living, right? Mm -hmm. And it's exhausting. Yes. And... For me personally, one of the biggest triggers for this was reading a simple little personal development book that I read and the greatest thing that I've taken away from it was the meaning of the word convince. Mm. To try and convince someone of a viewpoint is to try and get them to change their mind against their will. Is that not the most futile, ridiculous concept known to man? Mm. No one will change their mind against their will. And yet, how many of us spend so much of our life, personally and professionally, trying to convince people of certain ideas, concepts, ideologies, etc.? I love that. And you know why I love that? Because I did, I did a coaching session. I did some leadership training and coaching for, for companies internationally. And I did a session last night and one of my colleagues who's fantastic at what he does, and I always learn from him, um, we, we were doing, we were doing, um, some training and trying to analyze some leadership qualities of someone and, and something really important came about and it was about you want to get your team to do what you ask them to do because they innately want to do it because you've you've invested in them you've you've allowed them to grow and you've mentored them and it's almost like this concept of you want to pull them with you rather than push them along to do it right and so it's about also understanding that same mentality are you coming from that point of view of just pushing your weight around and using your power and using passive aggressive or outwardly aggressive techniques to get people to do and coerce right or are you allowing yourself to be collaborative and look at the greater benefit look at the way that everyone can kind of win even if you're not agreeing so winning doesn't mean agreeing but everyone can get a positive outcome out of it 
And I think that's that's perfect is at the end of any conversation, whether that be one-on-many or one-on-one, surely the desired outcome is that you both walk away winners. Right? This whole this whole idea that there has to be a winner and a loser from these sorts of conversations and these sorts of interactions is very rarely going to work out in the positive, mm. even for the winner. And I, I find it interesting is the push-pull concept is also presented in this silly little personal development book that I read probably three or four times a year. It takes me about two hours to read. It's a basic business concept but they're so relevant and so pertinent to so many of our interactions on a daily basis. So, And what I really want to encourage people that are listening is the more that you work on yourself, the more that you invest in becoming comfortable with yourself, knowing who you are, knowing what drives you, knowing what your values are, and when you get to a place where you genuinely accept yourself for who you are and you feel like you really don't have anything to prove, A, it gives you the most beautiful sense of peace of mind and B, you are actually able, you don't have that need to be involved in every conversation and and prove your point and give your opinion. You're actually able to take a step back and observe and listen and kind of go, wow, that viewpoint is so radical, but it's really fascinating. I wonder how they got there. And and once again, I've, I've mentioned this in, in previous episodes, approaching something from a point of curiosity, from a point of growth, of really just trying to understand how an idea, a concept got developed rather than trying to prove your point or trying to, you know, people often have conversations and they're sitting there. They're not actually listening to each other. They're waiting for that gap in the speech for them to step up and say what is in their head without actually listening to the other person, right? They're not, um, they're not, they are physically hearing them, but they're not listening. And so, this Almost is also, like they're reacting and not responding. Yeah, funny that. And so um, this is also a byproduct of having, you know, we've spoken about this. Social media can be so fantastic for so many things, but it's also breeding this idea of constantly comparing yourself to others, constantly um, either like making things debunking or making things worse or comparing this this video with that video and you know all sorts of things that people do on on social media and and other platforms or you know people have this idea that it gives them license to make negative comments about topics that they have very little understanding about and it's about this jumping on this train of ranting behind a little screen or on, on your keyboard and it's like what are you actually achieving what are you contributing is is there is there a growth is there, what's your intention behind this what and i was going to ask exactly that is what is your purpose behind that like i'm a hundred percent comfortable with people's opinions and you get these keyboard warriors that have no courage 
to say things in real life, but they, you know, they sit behind. And, you know, there are reasons why those people are that way. So once again, if you identify as one of those people, if you know someone, encourage yourself, encourage people to really look at finding a sense of peace. When you are at peace with yourself, you are less likely to be going out there looking for fights or looking to prove yourself or looking to put people down or compare yourself to other people, you're less likely to harm yourself and to harm others with that negative talk. Look, if you if you can look as at as many interactions as possible with the viewpoint of you want to grow from it, you want to walk away better, you're definitely going to ask better questions and you're going to contribute to conversations, you're going to contribute to interactions, as you said before, from an element of curiosity. And yeah. as a result, that will only lead to growth. Beautiful. So we really hope we hadn't even planned on recording an episode on this topic, but we thought it was so pertinent and we really want to be positive role models for our community of how can we do better? How can we be better? How can we support each other more? How can we be the type of partner, whether that's a partnership in a friendship, in business, in intimate relationships, in families, that you are the person that points out the good points about the other person. You're the person that supports. You're the person that doesn't always have to voice your opinion. And sometimes you listen and by listening, you learn. So like we really appreciate you tuning in and listening because we really hope that this begins to create a really positive ripple effect within our communities so that everyone goes out there and can be a source of change, of inspiration and of positivity because we all know, boy, do we need it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think support each other, whether that be professionally, whether that be personally, and when you do that, the outcome will always be better. Beautiful. Thank you so much for supporting us and for listening in. Absolutely. Until next time. The information provided in this podcast and the opinions expressed by Kali Alfara and all guests are simply generic. They do not take any personal cases into consideration. They should not be treated as any type of substitute for psychological, medical or health conditions. This podcast is not intended to replace, diagnose or treat any health condition. All information provided is simply for general well-being and does not take any individual cases into consideration. Kali Alfara takes no responsibility for any symptoms or consequences expressed as a direct or indirect result of this podcast. Thanks so much for listening.